Today we get to play a 45-minute version of What Did Hito Say? That's right, Hito Turkoglu is our guest on Magic Pod Squad. And of course, Pod Squad is brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. They remind you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. If you've been drinking, don't get behind the wheel. Instead, find a sober driver or catch a ride service. Remember, drive sober or get pulled over. Have a great night and drive safe. Ah, we get to stroll down memory lane with our good friend, Hito Turkoglu on this edition of Magic Pod Squad. We unearthed some stories from Turk that we never really got into before with his time here in Orlando. And he goes back to when he first started playing basketball in Turkey, how he learned the game, and then when his game kind of went to the next level here as a member of the Orlando Magic. He talks about his former teammate, Dwight Howard, how he should be in the NBA's top 75. And also he gives a real reason why J.J. Redick retired. Lots of lots of fun with our friend Hito Turkoglu on Magic Pod Squad. This is Jalen Suggs of the Orlando Magic. This is Jonathan Isaacs. This is Mo Bamba. This is Cole Anthony. This is Fonz Wagner of the Orlando Magic. And this is the Pod Squad. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Magic Pod Squad. Dante Marcatelli, George Galante. And George, this might be our favorite Pod Squad of the year. Every time we catch up with former Magic <laughs> man, Hito Turkoglu, it is an absolute treat. Would you agree? Is there... Any better conversations we could have than with Turk? No, no. We we might as well just have Turk on all the time and yep. forget the other guests. Could we do that and then just the three of us just just rant for like forty five minutes? Available? We'll... You available every week, Turk? I am. <laughs> He's got nothing Listen, going right should, now, right? We He's should we should we should name some trio like three of us. You know, like we started okay. all. What Hido, what Hido said from now on, you know, like right. Uh, we've been we've been fans' favorites, so you know what? Can <laughs> we? I think we change. That's right. I think we change. I think we change the podcast to "What did Hido say?" And he's on yeah. every week. We should. You know what? We should. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Agree. I don't disagree will, with that. Listen, they will think about it one week what I said. So next for next show. <laughs> They will try to explain what I said. This could just be a never-ending loop of, of trying to figure out oh, what he said. We I are so doing cool. that. I we think are it's so great. doing that. In fact, that's what we're calling this show for sure. I got my Hito jersey up there. You like that? Yeah, turkey? I saw that, man. Appreciate it, man. Where George, I don't turk? think you realize these autographed Turk jerseys are the hottest things right now. People cannot get enough of signed jerseys from Hito Turkle. Have you seen what these things go for? No. How much did you pay for yeah. yours? Hito only charged me twenty five hundred, <laughs> which I thought was a fair price to my close friends. <laughs> You're such a such a gentleman, such a gentleman. <laughs> He's making more money now than when he played. Well, Turk, let everybody know. Let everybody know what you're up to now. You're you're retired, obviously. You're living here in Central Florida, but. You seem to be busier now than when you played, traveling to Turkey and back. What, oh what, man, break it down for us. I've been doing a lot of traveling back and forth. Uh, but like you said, my family's here. They go to school here. And as you guys know, we always said it before and always wanted to say it again. You know, Orlando has always been our second home. You know, so we made a lot of good friends. And we are happy to be here. You know, my family is happy to be here. The funny part is, like, I got to travel a lot. I still do the stuff back home. I still run the basketball part of the Turkish Federation. You know, like, so I still have to go to Turkey and help the basketball to grow in my country as well, too. So 
you know, I try to organize to be either here most of the time and over there too. So, uh, but when I'm here with this weather, you know, I'm always happy. Uh, when I, you know, me guys, I hate cold. So the yes, you do. The weather is perfect for me now. So to be able to catch up with the old friends and uh, talk about what's going on, it's always you know special for me. How often are you going? Because every time I would reach out to you, it seems like I catch you when you're in Turkey. Like I, I can't get your schedule right. Are you, how many times are you, are you there once a month, twice a month? How, what's your schedule like? Like, oh, I have to be there like once every month. Like I have to stay like at least 10 to 15 days over there. So like I'm wow. trying to organize. Like I, I got here like a week ago. I'm here till like uh, New Year's, then after New Year's. I'm going back again for a few weeks, then I'm coming back again here for a few weeks. So I'm trying to like uh, manage those stuff. You know, it's not easy. It's a long flight. So uh, hopefully, you know, I'll do good for both sides, trying to take care of the family. You know, girls getting bigger every day. Every time I come back, I learn new stuff from them. You know, like, I mean, Dante, you know, being a, you know, yeah. a father, for the girls, it's always changing, you know, so I'm trying to adjust on those, you know, new. Uh, I think for me as well, too, you know, after a few weeks when I come back, I'm trying to learn what Ella, what Lena said for me as well, too. You know, like, so. <laughs> Wait, now tell it, now tell it, now tell them, Turk, it's interesting because I, I got in a little trouble with my girls. My daughter, my oldest daughter is eight and she wants a phone. And Turk goes, well, yeah, when my daughter was eight, I got her a phone. So I tell, did you, I did, how hard I was did. that, right? Like how hard was it? You, you struggled with that, didn't you? I mean, I did in the beginning, but after that, you know, I had to give up and <laughs> I, I did it what they wanted. You know, like I also did it for my side. I mean, you know, I travel a lot. So I, I want to, you know, sure. talk to them on the FaceTime and all that, you know, so uh, pretty much, I got it for that reason, but uh, when I realized, well, it wasn't really for that, you know, it was hard <laughs> to catch them on to either. <laughs> Maybe I talked to them once since I got the phone, you know, like, so, and they've been, they've been on the phone doing crazy stuff, you know, like, so, but I mean, to keep them busy, at least uh, as a girl father, you know, like, I had to give up in a certain point. You know, I fought hard, but after a point, I said I can't do it anymore because you know it's gonna get worse. So I bought it. <laughs> it's all part I mean, of. It's all I part recommend. Of being... I, I recommend it to you as well too. You know, like in certain points, you have to sure, give up sure. and uh, you know do what they want to do. Otherwise, you know things get weird. I mean. <laughs> I don't well, want to listen, go into details about the no, girls. No, you're right. Well, they've told me <laughs> they've told me what to do since they were born. So I haven't made a decision here in in years. But they're starting to play basketball, and I know I know George's kids are in the sports. Is that what? What are your kids into? What do let everyone know how old they are and, and kind of what, what interests um, they might have. Ella, big one. Ella is twelve. She's going to be thirteen in February. Lena, uh, she's going to be nine in uh, April. Uh, Ella, in one point, she's wanted to play volleyball, 
and uh, that kind of ended up in after two practices. So, so she didn't. Was, she uh, didn't take the. Why didn't she take the volleyball? Uh, Is it because she, she called it volleyball? I don't know what she called. I don't know volleyball. How do you call it here? It's volleyball. <laughs> volleyball. Yeah, but so, she didn't like it. I guess she got it something from her father that she wasn't a big fan of practicing, so she quit. <laughs> She was keep telling me like when when the game's gonna start. I said, I need first you have to practice, do a lot of practices. And she wasn't really a fan of it, so she quit. And Lina, Lina, she's never been in the sports, you know, like she's been all uh, princess modes a lot, you know, like crazy stuff, makeup, dancing, a lot of dancing, a lot of makeup, you know, so. <laughs> she's gonna give me a lot of hard time i can see that coming up so well that's the same so childhood far, george had that's the same childhood george come on had. now come on <laughs> well i don't want to go that much far <laughs> <laughs> uh turk, I like, it's interesting you're oh go ahead, go ahead no go ahead. i was gonna say i like how turk said she takes after her father doesn't like practice that's the <laughs> maybe the last hey, year you know me guys i never lied to anybody i've been honest to everybody you know i wasn't a big fan of practicing you know i would give 100 percent of in the games but like i wasn't a big fan of practicing man. did you always hate practice always hate practice even like when oh, you were a kid always hated i mean i did a lot of extra extra workouts you know to get better you know like lifting wise running wise but like in certain points like it wasn't a fun, you know, like I knew I had to be professional and I had to do those kind of stuff. But, you know, after certain points, like it was like, God, not, not again, you know, like, <laughs> especially with those same Van Gandhi practices are like, man, it was pain in the butt, man. You have to wear the knee pads and the, like all kind of stuff. It was, it was hard, man. So, but, you know, like jobs on the sides, I have, we have to, like, everybody has to practice a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Like, to come, who do you want to really become as a professional or, you know, like, to be a good player or, you know, like, to respect what you do, you have to really work hard, you know, like. And I did my part when I was growing up, but I always prefer, you know, like, games. But, like, for certain points, I had to do whatever it takes to become a really good player. You know, Turk, I don't know that we've asked you this before, um, but when did when did things kind of click for you? Be, being 6'10", and was it Stan who put the ball in your hands all the time? Was it Did you start to get some of that? Obviously, you you, know, you had the ball in your hands in Sacramento and San Antonio. Like, wh where did things change for you when you started to become the player that you became? I mean, I have to give a lot of credit to Stan a lot. You know, like, like you said, I was a different player in uh, Sacramento, in San Antonio. Uh, but like when you come into the Orlando, I was a different in my first couple of years as well too, you know, with uh, coach Johnny Davis and uh, Brian Hill as well too. But like when Stan coming up and bringing different players like Rashard and uh, making up different lineups, I think he pretty much the uh, set it up whole bar for everybody how he wanted to play about his system and uh, 
I think he realized I can be a really good fit in that system and uh, he gave me opportunity and thank God I was able to, you know, produce every night and help the team to get better and, uh, and things kind of get rolled after that, you know, they start to get to know me better. They start to feel more comfortable about me, uh, Stan and the coaching staff and the, my teammates as well too. And I was just enjoyed every second. And I was, like I said, I was just happy who I was as a player. And uh, all I had to do just go out there and do it every night and do it in the best way. So go back even further than that, though. Let's go back to before you got drafted. Is that the style of play you had over there, too? Or what was that league like um, when you were playing for for Pilsen? What, what, What was the... What was your I was, style of play there? I was similar to similar to you know this kind of playing style as well too back in Turkey. You know, like I was always uh, rebounding and bringing the ball up, you know, like making assists or making plays. So I was pretty much almost that kind of player when I was growing up as well too, you know, like but. When you get to the NBA, you know, like first year in Sacramento, it's always different, you know, different positions. But when I growing up in Turkey, I was always in this position. Like I was always this kind of player, you know, like always, always wanted to be like all around player, you know, always wanted to help the team in a different, different ways, you know, rebounding, assists. Well, not so much on defense, but I was still trying. <laughs> but... Uh, but it's still. So you didn't like. So you didn't like defense in Turkey either. You didn't like defense over there either. Not like, but like uh, I was trying my best. Let's put it that way. You there know, you like, go. That's all. Uh, I wasn't. It's not like I don't like. I was just. Uh, I wasn't quick enough, or I wasn't fast enough. You know, like for certain positions, especially guys you know faster than me. So I was trying to use my height. You know, like make them, you know, make shots over me and take those shots. So uh, I'm trying to change that here because you play great players almost every night here. Right. So, you know, I was trying to take this uh, that stuff more serious. And like I said, I don't know how I did it, but I was trying my best. But Turk, when, you're, when you're there, you, there, you were the first Turkish player to ever get drafted. So yeah. when you're in Turkey and you're first starting out as a pro, when does the thought of the NBA become more real for you? Because you had nobody to really look look to. Right. Like, who did you look for for advice when it comes to that? Like, and who who initially says to you, hey, Hito, like, the, the NBA is a real possibility for you when it hadn't been a possibility for anybody before from Turkey? Uh. I had a good agent, you know, that time, uh, Tolga, you know, like when I was start to, you know, like become a better and better player every year, especially when I was getting like 16, 17, 17 and 18 years old, you know, like I was start to playing professionally that age back home. So I was trying to like in the younger ages, I was always different player. You know, like I can, uh, people would always tell me like I was a different player, the way I was playing, the way I was dominating the, you know, like uh, those junior and, uh, you know, like those lower, you know, like class teams, you know what I'm saying? So when I was getting 
you know, like professionally, 16, 17, 18, I was realizing, you know, like I was different kind of player. And the people was always telling me, you know, like it was always, always somebody in my ear that you should try, you should try. And when I get to the, like 18, 19 years old and things get really start serious and uh, that time we will have people from NBA, the scouting coming, looking at you and uh, talking to you. So then you really start realizing, oh, well, why not? I should try it as well too, because I can see the interest from the like different teams scouting, coming, talking to you. So, and we decided, especially I had a really good tournament in 1999 in the uh, EuroLeague Final Four in, uh, in Greece. I was the you know best young player in that age, like 18, 19 years old. So uh, in Turkish league, I was also doing good. So me and my agent, you know, we decided why not we try and see where we are as a player. Are we in that level yet or not? And so we decided to, you know, get in the draft. And that time also, like I said, we're still talking to the play teams like Sacramento, that time, Philadelphia, you know, I was really talking to the Clippers, Seattle that time. So uh, Chicago as well, too. They all had, you know, like they all had European scouting, scouters that always, you know, good. I'm still in good relationship with them. So and they told me you should try and see what happens. And uh, and the dream come true in 2000. I got drafted by Sacramento in 16 pick and uh, I had a, I had a okay years I guess 15 years in the league. Yeah, I would say so. We had a fantastic fantastic career and you know Turk it's interesting. I remember Adonel saying in the states when you grow up in the states they quickly determine what you're good at. Like for Adonel he was a shot blocker and a rebounder. So they didn't work with him on offense and he went his whole career just playing <laughs> defense and I know he, that does that surprise you? He surprised you by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I have to give him that. He's a great person, man. Like he's a great guy. <laughs> he totally is, absolutely. Yeah. But he, but it seems like in Europe, like you could do I, it all. Like we, I, we joke. I I can see that they didn't really work any offense <laughs> <laughs> throughout his you career <laughs> since he started playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> now he could have worked on it on his own for sure. <laughs> Maybe take some initiative, Dante. Uh, could have worked on some of that, that a little bit. Yeah, man. he was not. Uh, he was not a big offensive player, but it seems like uh, he was Europe, a great teammate, man. I love oh, that great guy. Teammate. But it seems teammate. like in it seems like in Europe, you did it all. Like in the states, it seems to be specialized. But you could, you know, we joke about your defense, but you did defend. You could handle the basketball. You dribble. You could shoot. Like you, you had a very different upbringing. What is it different about growing up in Europe? Where, where you? I seem, mean, we these guys seem to be very fundamental. They played us, like my uh, coaches, they played us in different positions. You know, like that's why I think for myself, that's how I become this kind of versatile player. Because like when I was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, uh, they used to play me as a point guard. Uh, wow. So that's why I pretty much get all this handle, uh, my vision. And uh, I think it started from there. Then... I mean, in Europe, you know, you guys, you have to really work on like a shooting and dribbling and passing, you know, like to become a really good player because, you know, like comparing to NBA, you know, it's, it's a little harder. The rules-wise, it's harder. 
play in Europe. So you pretty much really have to work on those, you know, stuff pretty much every day and trying to improve yourself on those stuff. So that's why I always, you know, like work on my handling, work on my passing, work on my shooting. So it pretty much that's how you really change your game. You know, like here it's pretty much uh, kind of lets you grow how you are. You know, like in Europe, they, they, I mean, for myself, for my ex-coaches, you know, like being that tall, you know, everybody was surprised. And, uh, you know, in, in the beginning, I was really making a lot of turnovers because of the, like, a, a shorter guys. They were taking all the balls from me. But, like, then I start to, you know, like, watch some films, watch some games and trying to look how the taller guys, you know, like, uh, protect the ball or how they, you know, like, uh, do certain things for uh, for being a you know like a great you know all around player. That's how you really you know like become a really good player because you you pretty much work on your what's you are really uh, not good at it. You know like yeah, right. in that time I wasn't really good at it uh, on my ball handling, so I had to really work on my ball handling. And then uh, my passing. Uh, then in, when you get to Sacramento, uh, I know you guys know Pete Carrillo. He was a really great coach. You know, like uh, he really helped me in my beginning when I started in Sacramento. Uh, you know, he was in a he's in a Princeton system. He was always like your pass, shoot, and cut. So, and it, it's kind of helped me to always improving myself, you know, even even if I was in NBA, you know, like not just Sacramento in San Antonio when I play with uh, Pop, you know, like he had different rules about the system, about San Antonio. It was, they were great on uh, on defense and it was hard for me up to Sacramento. You know, Sacramento was a different team. It's like a more offensive team than the San Antonio. Then when you get to San Antonio, then you have to work on your defense to be able to play. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't play if you don't accept the, the system or rules. Then you get to Orlando. Uh, you play with Johnny, then uh, Coach Hill. They have different systems, different rules. It's it's pretty much like every time something new you have to add to your you know like a uh, system to be able to compete in the high level you know so i was just you know following those stuff and uh, i wanted to you know get better every time how hard is that Turk? because we've we've talked to uh, we had steve francis on a few weeks ago and the one thing you really didn't realize when until you until he said it was well listen i played for eight different coaches in 12 years or whatever, you know, that may not be the accurate, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like he yeah. played for one coach for eight years and got to learn the system. How hard is that to adjust even at, even at the highest level to go? I mean, you just, you just rattled off four or five yeah. coaches, you know, and that's before leaving us the first time and going to Toronto, then going to Phoenix more coaches. and going to, you know, yeah. it's, it's even let more me, coaches. How hard listen, is that? Let me, Clear that up, George. Okay. I didn't leave you guys. Well, I did, you know what I meant. Uh, you, I know. you know what I meant. You know <laughs> what I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> no, you know, very much wanted to come back. I know. Very much. I know. Yes, I did. I mean, it's business. I never, you know, like, uh, I respect all the decisions, you know, like, I never, you know, 
uh, think you know bad for nobody. You know, like he was a part of the business. You know, but I always, I always wanted to come back. You know, like but uh, what you're saying, George, is like it's it's. I think it's it's on people's like players' personalities. You know, like how quick you want to really adjust or how you really want to accept those roles or that system. You know, like uh, I don't like to talk about like a different players or, you know, like different player styles, you know, like, but, but for myself, uh, I wanted to be part of something good, you know, like, so uh, that's why I could have come here and say like, listen, man, this is how I play. You want it or not? And if not, you know, like, you know, like I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? Like, but uh, when you see something good, when you see something, it's really helping you. It's gonna help you as a player, as a person as well too. You just have to pretty much, you know, like put all your ego on the side and just try to fit in as much as quick as you can and be part of something good. That's, I think, pretty much what happened for my side as well too. I mean, if you look at it. Uh, if you talk to anybody uh, who I play with, you know, always, always was a good teammate. You know, always people want to be around me. You know, like we always have a good time, and uh, we always compete in the high level. So uh, you have to have to, have to be in a good relation and good communication with the coaches, with the players, and uh, pretty much you have to fit in. What's what really is given to you? You know, like so, uh, like I said in San Antonio, I have to really do what Pop was telling me. Otherwise, you know, like I wasn't gonna play. So I was just trying to, you know, accept those rules and learn as quick as I can, and uh, trying to be something, you know, good. And in, when I come to Orlando, the first couple of years maybe it was different, but like when you come to the stand times and. After that, you know, it hasn't been after that in Orlando, and hopefully it's going to come. Uh, we've been waiting for so many years, and hopefully this rebuilding situation is going to stop in a certain point because this city, this organization deserves much better. And because after playing NBA finals, to see my team to be in this situation, you know, like it's not... It's not easy to you know accept, but hopefully things will turn around. You know, I'm rooting for them. So, like for my, I side, think that's interesting, Turk. Real, real quick, just on that. I, I think just because you played here and you finished your career here, you don't stop rooting for this team, do you? And you don't, and you don't lose your connection. I mean, listen, George, we've we've been fortunate enough to get together a couple of times, and Hito is loved everywhere he goes. Like fans stop him, they're cheering for. Like that was such a special time, and I know we've mentioned that. So many times, but just because you're not playing for this organization doesn't mean you don't still want what's best, right? Of course. I mean, like, like I said, this is the best time of my career. You know, like uh, in my 15 years, if you look at my career, I had the yep. best time is in Orlando. And I think uh, the way I was accepted to the city or the way I accepted the city, I think you still see that connection, you know, like, and people right. still show me support. They still show me, you know, love whenever I go, you know, like restaurants, gas station, wherever I go, whenever I run into people, 
they always, you know, like show me love, give me respect. You know, the, the, there was a great bond we had because, like I said, I was always in a great relation with everybody. I was, you know, one of the fans' favorites. I, I love talking to the fans. I love getting, uh, communicating with the fans, you know, like, so uh, even you're not maybe part of it, the organization, I still live here, you know, like, uh, I still see myself, you know, as a magic. So, of course, I want my, you know, ex-team to be good uh, like before. So, I will still root for the magic and hopefully, you know, things will turn around and uh, they will be in the, you know, like those days, like we were. Oh, it's interesting, Turk. I, I, when you look at it, what, what, what do you think is, I don't want to say missing, but what do you think needs to happen? Kind of explain as a veteran, and as a former player, why it takes so much time when you have young guys and how important it is to have the right veterans and how, how, how much, you have to go through when you're rebuilding? I mean, you know what? I think the things that's really changing in the league right now, the way I looked at it, uh, maybe in the past they had some, you know, like uh, bad experience with the uh, older players or veteran players, you know, like maybe they didn't want to be part of the organization or they didn't, like I said, they didn't want to accept the role they wanted to be. So, like, mm -hmm. I think things... It's really changing in the league. If you look at it, uh, the teams, so few teams right now uh, giving opportunities for the ex-players. Yeah. And I really don't know why, uh, because in those times, you need ex-players to be part of it. Maybe not full-time part of it, but in certain points, because uh, if you look at it, also coaching staff as well, too, uh, they're all young. They've never been in the NBA experiences, you know, like, so yeah. they kind of pretty much allowing those guys to grow with the players as well, too. But sometimes things doesn't work out because, like, it's a long season and you need somebody, you know, like, to tap your shoulder and uh, to give you something like what's going on and what might happen and somebody to... You know, for those young guys to feel that, like, hey, hey, that's the guy, you know, like, he's here and he's helping us and uh, and he will be here for us, you know, like, and I think it will be good for the environment and it will be good for locker room and it will be good for organization. So I think that's why the, that's the most problem right now, if you look at it, uh, so many few teams accepting ex-players to be part of it. I don't know why, you know, but if you look at it in the coaching staff, if you look at all the guys, like new coaches, they get opportunities, and you look at it, they are assistant coaches. I never seen them before. They're all like coming from college or somewhere. They know they don't have any experience, you know, like so they don't have any experience. So how are they going to help the? rookies or the, like a uh, first right. like couple the guys have to you know like how NBA is going how is the traveling how is the back-to-back -back nice you know like how is the bad shooting nice gonna you know like uh, affect uh, and how do you gonna sometimes you're gonna hit the walls that's some like some nights or few nights back-to-back -back, you might have a uh, bad games so like in those situations, uh, I don't see, you know, like older guys, you know, like 
being around and helping those players, you know, to go through that situations. Well, imagine that. I mean, George, right? George, yeah. look at that. He's George. He's gone through Rick Adelman, Greg Popovich, Brian Hill, Stan Van Gundy. Like think about Doc Rivers. Like think about Pete Carrill. Think about yeah. the people that, that he's learned from as opposed to, you know, what, what, what some other guys might be going through. And they were, you know, and that was an emphasis. I remember maybe 10, yeah. 15 years ago when it came to like player development, right? That was a thing where the league was really pushing that for teams. And maybe there maybe something I've never really looked at it the way Hito just yeah. kind of said that. And 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 he's kind of right when you do look around at rosters, right? I mean, that, that that's accurate. I mean, even even George, if you look at it, rosters, even like the like a not even being a roster. No, like I, yeah, I mean, like uh, even even in basketball the, operations even in the, departments, yeah, even in the organizations, right? You know, like you don't right. really see much ex players to be, you know, like involved. Uh, I like I, I never. Uh, how do you, how do you say it? I never really interested like why you know what I'm saying like, like I said, some people really don't want to be part of it or. Uh, I really don't know. I never had the you know, real answer, but sometimes it's really affecting because uh, I feel bad for those young guys because, like, if you look at it, they trying to solve the problem by themselves, and sometimes you know, like, it doesn't work because, like, that's that's how the things you know, like, for me, that's how you how I learned, that's how I grew up, you know, like that time, like. Uh, we talked about Adano, you know what I'm saying? Like Adano was a great teammate, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he will always, will he will always come to you and, you know, like say something, you know, like what's really right, what's wrong. You know, he, was, awesome. he was a really vocal in the locker room. I mean, you know, he was, a, you know, like good teammate. And uh, so like, even though he wasn't the, but you need somebody for those moments to help you to go through that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at it, certain teams right now, especially if you look at it, Orlando right now, the only guys for me I'm looking at is Terrence Rose right now. Like, the right. if you look at it, like, uh, he's been in the league a long time. Maybe Ituan more. I think Ituan is over there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so, like, if you look at it, those guys kind of... Maybe in that role, I don't know, like with the, what the role is. So, like if you look around, like all around the league, and after like a certain teams, like majority of the time is like they really don't have so many ex players, in like who's been really part of the you know organization. And I really don't know why. I never been really interested, you know. But in some point, I might be interested in trying to do research, you know, what's really going on. So, I mean, I feel bad for those young guys, you know, like, so because, uh, like, right now, for the, if you look at it for the Magic, especially, it's been a, like a rebuilding years, so many years. You know, seeing like, yeah, and, it's been frustrating. There's no question about and, it. And you, you had, you, yeah, like, you had so many talented guys, you know, seeing like, like, I don't know, like, a Marco. Fultz or Isaac, you know what I'm saying? Like, like who's helping those guys mentally to prepare right. themselves after they go through that kind of you know, like a surgery time and they've been out so many, you know, like time and uh, hopefully, you know, they had the good people around them, like a family or friends that they can help them out to go through that, you know, like situations. 
you know, you were such a glue guy and there were a lot of people that, you know, you mentioned you got along with everybody. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody's interested in everybody, but you could get along with Jameer and Dwight, or you could get along with Jeremy Richardson, you know, the best guy, the 50 or Dante and get along with Dante. (laughs) You could even find a way to get along with me and George. What would those conversations be like? What would you guys talk about? What, why would you, how could you have a, find something in common with everybody? Listen, we had, everybody's in mind was like, I think being success or being successful. So like our, everybody's mind was like, everybody will be, everybody wanted to be a successful. So like, uh, when we go out there, everybody wanted to compete. Everybody wanted to, one of we wanted to be something good. So that's why then when you spend more time, then you start to get to know each other, their personal, and then you start to talk about something different than basketball, and you pretty much, you pretty much enjoy being around people. You know, like, and for me, you know, like starting a young age as a professional, I think it really helped me. You know, especially throughout my career, because you know I know where to stop or when to you know change as a personality, like when you joke times or serious times. So in those times, I was really able to, you know, control myself. And, and uh, all my team was, was really good, good persons, man. Like, I love those guys. You know, they have really great personalities, you know. like So we all had common that we all wanted to be good. We all wanted to compete. We all wanted to play. You know? And uh, even, you know, sometimes I text with Jeremy, you know what I'm saying, like, yeah, maybe he wasn't playing that much, but like he, he was a good kid, and uh, yeah. I was, you know, able to talk to him or jump around or spend time See, with him. That's you know great. I think like, that's great. Uh, even with Dwight, with Jameer, Rashad, I still talk to him. And you know, even JJ was weird, but he was still a good guy too. <laughs> <laughs> JJ got big time. He's got his name on a beer. You know that. He's got no his way. name. He's got his name on a can of beer. Everybody is sponsoring that. JJ. What is happening? We got to get that. you. Can we get your picture on that Ephesus Pilsen? Can we get your name on some of that back home? Uh, well, let's try something around here. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Even better. Hey, one last sure. thing, Turk. And then I, I um, Dwight Howard, as far as Dwight goes, listen, I, you know, we could go back and forth. I think Dwight admits he made a mistake in leaving. I think he should have been here his entire career. But all that being said, in my opinion, he's a top 75 player in NBA history, you got to see him when he was the most dominant. And the fact that he got left off that list, in, in my opinion, is, is horrible. I, I just want to get your thoughts on, you saw the prime Dwight, and I'd love to know what you think about him being left off. I mean, like you said, we all made mistakes. You know, like yeah. maybe he was taking the lead for those stuff. You know, I was I was with him in, the, in those times, and I was trying to help him in a certain point. But like I said, Sometimes when you don't have, you know, good people around you, it makes you make even more, you know, like mistakes that, you know, like it's going to cause you, you know, like for so many years. So Dwight, I think the, the good thing is like accepting that mistake is also a big change for me as well, too, to see that from Dwight, you know, so. Right. Uh, but like you said, I mean, 
I always wonder, uh, I always wonder, like, who makes these decisions, guys? I seriously do, <laughs> right. because, because right. like, I got screwed in, in 2008 or 2007. You know, I was averaging, I was averaging 20, almost 25 and 5, and I didn't, you know, like, become an all-star. You know, like, so I always want, wonder, like, who makes these decisions? And who makes these, you know, like votes? Because the guy been in the defensive player almost three years in a row and putting up huge numbers, and he's not in the top seventy-five. It's it's really sad. It's sad for the NBA. I mean, like that's my whole thing. You know, like to be, in, yeah. You know, like leaving this guy out of seventy-five. It's really sad for the NBA because uh, then the. People will start to look at it in a different way for the NBA if you leave this kind of guy, you know, like been dominant so many years, almost yeah. like I don't know, like six, seven, or seven, eight years in a row, being that dominant in in the league, you know, like winning those kind of awards and still not being in seventy-five. It's it's sad, you know, like but in people's mind, uh, he's he's top seventy-five, and I can say that so. Uh, hopefully, you know, they will, you know, change that, you know, like somehow in the future. So, right. you know, he, he deserves to be there, man. You know, like he, he, he's the guy right now, you know, that's, if you look at it, the system, the teams playing right now, especially the big teams that's Stam and Gandhi and uh, our team was kind of started out in 2009. Mm-hmm. If you look at it right now, you know, if you look at it, Phoenix right now, you know, the, the way they play is pretty much the, how we played. You know, like, if you look at it, Golden State, right. you know, like, if most of the teams, if you look at it, they pretty much play how we played in 2008, 2009. So, uh, and the guy was really dominant at that time. So, uh, hopefully, you know, like, uh, they will, you know, like, uh, change what they did and, uh that guy will, you know, get his respect more and yeah, more. They gotta they gotta fix it. You know, George, we joke about his defense, but one of the biggest plays in magic history that I'll never forget is him blocking Kobe Bryant in the NBA finals in game two. Yeah, I was standing right there. All ball. He got all ball. Yeah, Swatted that away. That's one of the greatest of all time, and you'll forever have that moment. Rest in peace, man. That guy yeah. left us early, man. Way too early. Way too early. Way so too early. I mean Listen, sometimes when they say I was in the right place in the right time. <laughs> so I was able to block Kobe Bryant. <laughs> and I got more TV times than I ever did. <laughs> Boy, you, you'd love today's NBA. You know, we have lockout days now, Turk. We have maintenance days. We don't practice anymore. You would love today's NBA. It'd be oh, perfect man. for you. I would average triple double in these days. Me and Dwight, we would average triple double these days, man. Yes, you would. Yes, you if would. You put, if you put our team right now, 2009 team right now in this NBA, these days, NBAs, I swear to God, we will dominate the way we played that time. You'd get even more threes. Think about that, right? Think about all the threes you'd get and and you can't touch anybody now. All the you'd have right. all the room in the world to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, like every day the things are changing in the league. So 
think about like Dwight in prime Dwight right now. Oh boy, it will be yeah. really, it will really be fun to watch. You know, like so. Let's give a shout out to the before we close it. The best shooter of all time, man. Yes, Steph Curry, man. That guy yeah. is something else, man. Have you seen anything like him, the Turk? He's I really amazing. Him. Oh my god, the way he like George. You know, we've been in long, almost like what, fifteen years, sixteen years. We know each other. Yeah, I always, I always said this before. Like, I saw JJ Redick as a player, how he improved himself. You know, like when he first came to the league, mm -hmm. and how how much he work he put in, and how much he got better as a player. You know, like I always give respect to him. So, like, oh, people should always take example from JJ Redick of his work ethic. You know, like how he worked in, like how he changed his living style and all that. You know, like so that's how he really, you know, like had a huge impact in his career. But like, if you look at it, Steph and the guys, like he did this, like in almost like 10 years, not even 10, yeah. because like if you look at it, the injuries he had and all that, because like he was drafted in 2009, you know, and the injuries he had, like the numbers he put up, and he wasn't just like a uh, like a spot up shooter, you know, like right. the way he played, the way he moves without the ball and all that. And we have to give a lot of respect to that guy, man, and hopefully he will keep staying healthy and uh, just breaking records. You know, you mentioned JJ. I, you know, we we're gonna let you go eventually. I promise. But you mentioned JJ. <laughs> no, I'm JJ. happy, man. I got nothing else to do. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. What did Hito say is gonna go even longer? But JJ retired. This is the first time in 15 years that JJ's not in the league. Make makes me feel old because I remember when JJ got here, we drafted him, and now he's already out of the league. But you know, you mentioned it, Turk. He, he put a lot of work in, and he became yeah, one man, of the best shooters wanted, during his time. Nobody wanted to put up his BS last few years, man. His, his, his injuries, BS, he's just putting up with your, my bag, my blah, 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 you know, like, so nobody wanted to put up with JJ stuff, man. <laughs> no, man. I he's give, doing I the give, podcast I, all the time now. I give a lot of respect to him, man. Like I said, the guy really had a great career, man. All right, Turk. Well, we appreciate it. Good stuff, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you here soon. Maybe Turk, who decorates who decorate your house there behind you with all the, yeah, that's all the nice mementos of? I even see like a what is that? That's, a, my, it's a, that's my office. Your office. I got my. Yeah, see my old pictures. Yeah, I, well, I saw the one that caught my eye initially was the one with it's just like it's your back in, in the Toronto jersey. Just with yeah, the, see like my a, Zoolander yeah. look. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it would look That's like Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah, Blue Steel. <laughs> That's exactly what yeah, it was. Blue Steel. You nice. know, I always something make you guys laugh, man. So. <laughs> always. <laughs> you know, it was funny, George. He had. He caught up with Marcin Gortat, and Marcin wanted a signed jersey from okay. Turk, and Turk's yeah. like, well, I'll get one to you. He didn't have any in his car. He doesn't carry any jerseys <laughs> with him. But Marcin was like, I got like five in my car. That's a funny <laughs> guy, man. Wait, that's Marcin has guy. his own jerseys Marcin in his car? Marcin travels around with his own jersey, which is great. That's unbelievable. So Marcin, man, I don't carry that kind of stuff in my car, man. I'll get you one. <laughs> 
All right, then I, I'm gonna have to. I'll wait for mine too. Since since Dante's got ha- his hanging on his wall, I, I I gotta I gotta get mine. Just put it in your well, car Sid, next time I, I see you. Turk wouldn't oh, sign well. it for me. Sid Sid I, signed Sid it. Signed Sid signed it. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Sid signed it, but it looks pretty good. Turks is hard to do. I, we you know we've had some competitions, and I, I I Turks is impossible. I can't I can't replicate that. It's easy, man. You put big T and uh... <laughs> and a fifteen. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Just a big sloppy tea and a yeah. 15. <laughs> sloppy around, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to put it right on eBay. Hey, look at this. Chico Turk $500. Perfect. Yeah, so. Awesome. Uh, well, we'll be back hey, next week with more of what did Hito say. We're going to keep this going. Appreciate it, Turk. That'll do it for Magic Box. Hey, we'll me, see you soon. Let buddy. me know, guys, whenever available, okay? We catch up.